You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. He mad. Don is a pastor with 38 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Got us. Special edition of Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. We actually have a live audience of young adults who will have many years to also to share God's word with everyone and a lot of great questions too. So, to my right, you know him, you love him, Pastor Don Patterson. And to my left, Bible teacher, Lee Eversall, you know you love him as well. Um, Lee's here because he didn't like some of Don's answers last no, time. <laughs> no, that's not the case. <laughs> and Lee actually had a pretty, what he was talking about with the disagreeing and stuff like that, we've had a lot of episodes where Don and I um, have really hammered down on this because you see a lot of, uh, you know, just like toxic stuff on the internet with when two people don't respect each other, a group of people don't respect the other group, that it just goes downhill so fast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Don and I have disagreed on stuff, but it's when you have respect for someone, it's easier to do that. You actually get somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, right. otherwise it's not productive. So questions. We got a lot of great questions. Everyone, thank you so much for these. These are, these are really insightful questions. So it was recently Valentine's Day, so we've got some uh, good questions about these. These should be easy, right? So what's the correct age to get married, you guys? <laughs> All right, how about this? Raise your hand if you, the good age to get married is over 20. Okay, how about 19? Yeah. Oh, is that where we're, that, that, that's, that's where it was? Yeah. Oh, there, I saw a hand back there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a, why do I choose an age for that? Is there any sort of... There's no magic age, okay. but I think you do have to have a certain level of maturity to have that kind of covenant with, a, with mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And the covenant that you have not only before God, but also with each other, is the thing that's going to carry you through the hard times. Yeah. And so I think you have to have a certain level of maturity. I'm not sure that happens at 19. When I think about my life, uh, I don't think I could get married at 19. Yeah. I think back when I was 19 and I would say, boy, I made some decisions then that I don't think I was ready to enter into a lifelong commitment. So, uh, but I mean, there would be people that would. So, yeah. Well, mom and dad did. Yeah, same, yeah. same so, year. Yeah. I can't fault them, you know, I came out like a, <laughs> I came out like I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mom and Dad. Right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, so what about uh, for dating? Is there a certain age where it's appropriate to start dating? Well, I like what my son has done. It was a good approach. Okay. Uh, he said, well, you can date when you're 16. You can walk around with people we approve of before that, like in school and social activities at church and things like that. But 16 is the first time you can actually take them out on a date by yourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that sounds good to me. I, I think, again, there's different levels of maturity in different people. I noticed we and, didn't get a groan. Yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> that's cool. We didn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my first, I had a girlfriend in high school. She was a, uh, a freshman, and I was a sophomore, and her dad was like, no. So my odds, oh, let me talk to him. I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll convince him. Met him. Talked to him and said, you know, I'd really like to take your daughter out there. He goes, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> and that was after you met him. Right. I said, wow. yes, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Yeah. Um, 
little trigger question. How physical should a dating relationship be? Mm-hmm. Lee, why don't you go first well, on this one? Yeah, I, uh, there's, there's a line, and that is a, a fuzzy line, but there's a line that can be crossed that is very difficult to pull back from that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think the sooner that that line is crossed, um, the harder it is to to engage, uh, you know, to pull back from that. And there are there are dynamics that happen when there's a physical relationship involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, that again, back to the maturity kind of thing. That right. that it's you know it can be hard for for less mature people to handle. I'd echo that. I'd mirror that whole response and, and the maturity thing. Uh, I'd really emphasize you don't do anything that you'd ever regret later. Right. Because how do, some, I know a lot of people who have gotten married to their high school sweetheart, and I know a lot more that haven't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep it easy. Uh, keep it careful. Be careful. Okay. Can we say something? Well, I suppose you could kiss. I suppose. We didn't get it uh, in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I suppose we should say something kind of about about lust and its role. Is that should just be something that you should really kind of keep an arm's distance of until you're married. Well, true. With your spouse. That right. Makes sense. Until you're married. Right. Yeah. The thing the thing is that we're human beings and those hormones are all coming into play at that time, and so it's so hard. And so then. I mean, I feel for anybody who's getting in that situation. It's been a while for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> God bless you too, Alex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. but yeah, it's been a while, but at the same time, it's reality. Yeah. And okay. uh, right. so I feel for those, those things that are going through adolescents' mm-hmm. minds and, yeah. and the dating process. God bless you all. It's, yeah. it's yeah. big stuff. All right, next question. I like this one. Okay. If an intrusive, sinful thought comes into your head without you choosing, and you clear it from your head as quickly as you can, did you still sin? Um, I would say no. Uh, that's, that's uh, you know, and definition of sin would be missing the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there's a thought, I mean, there's thoughts that come into our minds you know, all the time. Yeah. Um, but I heard somewhere along the way that uh, you you can't stop the birds from circling your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. Mm-hmm. And so there's that sense of if we, yes, there are some thoughts there that we realize, no, that's not something that's good to dwell on. Um, and so if we, you know, through the power of God, the spirit and so on, say, no, I'm not going to don't dwell on that, then that's not sin. That's, that's, that's resisting temptation. Okay. Right. I agree on that. It's when it starts to twist us a little bit and we allow it in our thought pattern longer, mm-hmm. then that, that's mm-hmm. sin. Well, since you both agree, I'll push back on a little bit. What, so like you're, someone cuts you off in traffic, that causes you to get angry at that person and you quickly squash that. Now, I, technically, that caused us to sin. Technically, we lost our cool, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It depends what you say to that driver as you're, you know, driving around. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I mean that's the, part of it. You stew on it all day. <laughs> sure. I mean, I've never done that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to say, doesn't like the Bible clearly state that, you know, that anger, being angry, is, is sin in itself? Mm, 
don't let the sun go down on your anger, yeah. uh, Ephesians 4. But one of the things I put into this mix is, so what did it do to your relationship? In case you saw that same person that cut you off mm -hmm. at the mall just after you arrive, and does it affect how you yes. approach that person? And, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. You cut me off in tra traffic. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, and it messed up the relationship, and I can't restore it, then yes, it's sin. Mm -hmm. without, a, mm -hmm. without a doubt, it's a sin. Mm -hmm. Because we need to ar uh, articulate the fact that sin is not only what it does to me, it's also what it does to you. Mm -hmm. So it affects our relationship sure. in the future. That's sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I can't look him in the eye after I, he cut me off, okay, then I sinned. Yeah, and there is a sense that being angry is not sin in of itself. Right. right. In your anger, do not sin. Mm -hmm. um, but it's what we, how we respond to that, or what we do with that. I think yeah. can lead to. And sin. if we get guilty enough to cultivate it a tad bit, yes. you know, and right. let's just keep that going. It fuels mm -hmm. me for for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And some yeah. people do that. I think I might have just been uh, um, mixing up hating, wasn't I? Mm. Okay, I think that's what it was. Mm. If you hate your brother, that's like murder or something like it's that? It's like murder. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah, Matthew chapter 7. Okay. In five, chapter 5, 18 following. Can you confirm? I can confirm it's chapter 5. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. The next question, we got um, quite a few questions about this last time, so it seems to be a popular talk, topic, it's about war. Um, so this question is, is there ever a time where going to war is okay? Does the role of government require force sometimes, or should there never be violence? So to kind of get a little bit more clarity, is there's a, you know, a higher structure around us that, you know, should we support them, should we not, you know, the government? And then also kind of talking about the uh, non-aggression non principle, where absolutely no violence ever. So with that in mind, I'm just trying to guide it a little bit, you know, is it ever okay mm -hmm. to go to war or support that warring body? You want to start that Yeah. One? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think of the war in Ukraine right now. Sure. Yeah. I, to, to an extent, you know, and, you know, that kind of thing, conflict and that kind of thing has been a part of human existence since Cain and Abel. Yep. And, um, but as I think of that situation, I think, well, I, I really don't want, you know, the Russian forces to prevail. And I, you know, there's a sense in, within me that says, oh, I'm, I'm glad that the Ukrainian people are pushing back and, you know, having some success in there. And, um, so there is th that ex aspect. I think on a personal level, then uh, I I don't I don't feel as a Christian that I can love my enemy and then try to kill them. Yeah. Um, but you, we're talking about like the role of government and so on. There is there is within the scriptures, you know, that sense of God has ordained. You know, governments uh, to do these things, um, but as a as a Christian, as someone who is committed to following Jesus and Jesus' way of love, um, I I don't see that. For me, it wouldn't be consistent to to engage with that. Right. 
And, and I see that, you know, we look at Ezekiel, we look at Isaiah, and, and God actually called out nations to do his discipline to get his people at a spot where they needed to be. And so I, I see that happening with government. I agree. When we go to the, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, and we see it's not it's it's murder to hate, mm-hmm. and, and then we go on to uh, verse 43 through 48, and we see him saying, you have to turn the other cheek, uh, mm-hmm. love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, those kinds of concepts then are for believers. I think the, the thing that we need to be is, okay, so here I am in this government, I'm protected by this government. How can I then as a Christian not be taking life, but be participating against evil? Mm-hmm. And then right. I think that's where uh, our Anabaptist ancestors, our Anabaptist uh, MCC has created ways that we can serve mm-hmm. the good of humanity and not take life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think those are valid ways to respond to a, a national crisis mm-hmm. such as war. Right. Yeah. yeah, I I agree with some of that. It's, it's, it's tricky because I also kind of admire what the U.S. has done through I mean, just being so formidable for years. Because um, there's something along the lines, there's something that talks to being the aggression, to being non-aggressive, and I think it's something that we get confused sometimes. So, you know, if, if someone says, you know, I, no one should be aggressive, don't be that way, don't hate. But if they're not capable of violence, I don't know how much of a, you know, a, a moral credit that is to someone because... If you're not capable of violence, you can't really be violent. So I think it's much more like a moral good is to be capable of violence and um, being meek in that manner. And I think that um, that the meek shall inherit the earth. I know I kind of looked at that. That word was actually referred to a lot uh, in the Greek language as for war horses. Right, having were, the power to yeah. engage, power but choosing control. not to. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's what the U.S. always does. You know, they kind of get their hands in everything, but it's all, sometimes a little bit backhanded. But Well, I think the measuring the justice of a nation probably is God's job. job. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And then it is ours as individuals to figure out our spot in that, yeah. in that nation, whatever nation it is. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it comes out in Acts. As are we to obey God or right. man? Right. And that's I think that uh, that holds for us today as well. Are we to yeah. obey God or man? Mm-hmm. And I think of uh, the word assertive rather than aggressive in terms of a a Christian response. Sure. Um, I, there was a story of, and I think this happened in in Palestine. Uh, some people who stood in front of tanks, and that was their assertion to work for peace, but they were not, they were not trying to kill. Yeah. And I think it, yeah, I, I shouldn't refer to that story because I don't know, I don't remember all the details, sure. but, but there was, there was a, a situation where uh, they were, that was the way that they were asserting their Christian non-resistant um, fight against evil. Sure. Putting our life in the way of danger, right? As a statement, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one step you can go to. Are you keeping track of time or someone? No. Oh, I... There'll be a bell go off here. There'll be a bell, okay. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Um, So is there ever a need for violence? I think we kind of said, you know, it's the reasons why we're hesitant to say yes or no. Um, But at the same time, you know, we're all kind of sitting here in the United States being protected by Mm -hmm. living off of it. True. I mean, should there be any appreciation for that? But there's also been a molding of history by people who are who have a moral compass being willing to give their life not militarily but to stand in the way of evil and i think of the reformation mm-hmm. i mean we're here today because people were willing to give their life because they read the book the bible mm-hmm. and took a stand on it and were willing to give their life for its interpretation mm-hmm. for their interpretation of us and and we're anabaptists because of that mm-hmm. in the midst of the i mean we had the catholics and we had the lutherans and we were still martyred in the midst of that because of our interpretation of the world mm-hmm. word are we willing i guess in the midst of this conversation when evil comes to stand our life maybe not to take a life but at least put our life in such a place that we're willing to give it for the cause mm-hmm. of right mm-hmm. not go out there with a ak-47 but i'm willing to stand here make a stand because I believe this teaches me to. Right, right. And I, I do that. Mm-hmm. Well said. And I'm not sure, yeah, I think we all need to be working with that question. Yeah. I agree. I think we've said, we've said something on a previous episode about how, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell someone, you know, you should not join the military and stuff like that, because we don't, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to everyone a little bit differently. So, mm-hmm. But I, I think I agree with you guys is that, you know, if we're reading the word, looking at it, understanding it, not just the little snips and pieces, it's it, it's really hard to justify it going to war. But at the same time, we don't know how the Holy yeah. Spirit. God, God works so. in the midst of a variety of ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't really disagreed on anything yet, guys. Oh, uh, boy. Don't you have something I spicy know, in there? I'm so disappointed. <laughs> um, all right. So. This one, it says, you know, do you, Don, specifically hear the voice of God? So I'll just also give that to you after. Oh, yeah. But, okay. Um, dreams or visions? Actually, I, I can't say it's an audible voice because nobody else heard it. But yes, I, I, I remember that very distinctly. Several times in my life, hearing, hearing the voice of God speaking into a situation with a idea or concept that was not even on my radar. That's why I can't say, well, it was your subconscious coming forth. Uh, but this was, this was God speaking, yeah. And uh, I relish those moments. How did you know? It's very precious. How did I know? Yeah, how did you know it was God speaking to you? Well, there wasn't anybody else there for the first part. I see. And the second was that it was a thought that I couldn't generate on my own. Uh, I think I've told the story more than once when my son died and I couldn't quite grasp, grasp the fact that he died. And so I went out in the pasture and I had this prayer and I said, Lord, here I am. I'm going to seminary. I've given years in service to ministry already. Why did you take my son? And in the midst of that silence, God said, my son died too. I thought, oh, okay. You got this better than I do. <laughs> but that's exactly the words I needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and times like that when uh, 
all of a sudden I decided to do, I, I think I should be doing this. And God said, no, you should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are precious, mm-hmm. precious times. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I can't say that I've ever heard like the voice, like a voice, but I've certainly had a sense of God's leading, God's spirit leading. And in big decisions, uh, like when we moved out here, we had, and, and it was confirmed by those involved mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, close, close friends and so on. So when we moved out here, we had a very deep sense of this is, this is God's leading. And mm-hmm. there was no doubt, it was just a settled, a settled sense within us, okay. uh, my wife and I, that, that this was... This was the leading of God. This mm-hmm. was the voice of God. Um, but that was a process to come to. Right. Uh, similar to, you know, ending my time here at the end of this year. That, that sense of, uh, you know, talking with people and sensing what is God, is, is God, is this God's leading or is this so it's just, you know, indigestion or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so there's a process of, of talking with people and praying and, and listening and, and being still and listening to God's, you know, if there's a sense of what God is saying. And, uh, and then if there's a set, uh, for, uh, for me anyway, if there's that sense of settled peace about it, then yes, this is, this is God's leading. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure someone, you know, if someone was listening that wasn't necessarily a believer would say, you know, well, in your situation, there's, you know, if you've got a bunch of people that believe kind of the same thing, you're all wanting to kind of condition yourselves to believe the same thing and agree on it. You know, that's a pretty, um, uh, that, that is an occurrence that happens, you know, say if someone, a bunch of people witness a crime and then they hear someone recount, uh, recount that statement, you know, to the police or something, there'll be a lot of people that then agree on it and then they'll later show video of, that's not what happened, you guys. It was just the one person said something to you, and so then everyone said, and yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. got on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in your situation, you wouldn't be able to describe to that person who doesn't believe what you're saying that, you know, well, it's different, you know, because they wouldn't know, but mm-hmm. what would you think would be the way to explain it to someone like that to make them more open to the idea? Of God speaking. Yeah. Hmm. Opposed to just a human condition of wanting to be like somebody else and agree group speak mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, to me it's the fact that the vo- the voice the uh, the words the concepts that are shared through his voice are often contrary to what i want to do mm-hmm. or what i would normally do on my own that's definitely true and, and yeah god I'm, bless you not too. just for you yeah, i know okay for me too i'm just saying that but, but yeah. when god speaks it's so little me yeah and yeah. so much more him yeah. And, and the concept is different than what I dream up. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I measure God's voice. It's mm-hmm. usually, because I'm human, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The contrast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I think there's a sense of, for me, there, there is a sense of um, God's leading within, you know, within my heart and so on. And... Um, and I've talked about that already, you know, that, that sense of being settled. And, and there's a peace there. And what, 
Yeah, talking, you know, to someone about that who's not a believer, you know, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an act of faith. It's a step of faith. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, what else can I say? Yep. <laughs> you know, right? You're right, Lee. That peace part of his mm -hmm. speaking is definitely uh, a peace can come over you in the midst of hearing him that changes everything. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah definitely part of it. There's, there's always going to be a result of you following or not following that act. Exactly. Of that yeah. Of him speaking, the Holy Spirit moving within you, driving along, see someone in the ditch. You know, it's like, well, you know, there's a lot of people coming by. They'll be fine. Oh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine, you know, and that's probably true. But sitting and help, you know, stopping and helping them, what you feel afterwards, what a mm -hmm. gift. Yes. You would driving past in the next 10 minutes, you drive down the road until you forget about it. That feels not great. Mm -hmm. No. You know, especially if you had that nudge. Yeah. Right. right. My thing is to help Christians be ready for the nudge when the Holy Spirit all of a sudden gets you in the ribs and says, you know, you need to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a cultivating that sense of, of listening. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a tricky thing to do sometimes. Too, it is because we have schedules. Well, yeah, that and, you know, some people's brains don't necessarily work like maybe yours or something. I'm speaking specifically to myself. Mm -hmm. I've got a little bit of ADHD or something where it's like jump from one thing to another and really? I'll be like, okay, initially in my head, really? I'm being called for this. And then I'll think about it a little bit and I'm like, well, no. And every time I do that, the well knows. Oh, never mind. Actually, what I was doing was just fine. I found to be like, hmm, it's weird how that keeps popping into my head for a long time. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that actually rolls into something pretty good. If the Holy Spirit is, you know, calling me to do something, mm -hmm. and I kind of dismiss it a little bit, is that one of the forgivable, unforgivable sins? Is it the unforgivable sin? Is it denying? Well, you're not to quench the Holy Spirit. In that Ephesians chapter 5 says don't quench the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't say it's unforgivable in chapter 5. Right. But what I notice is it's sort of like listening to my wife. Anybody else have this problem? Mm -hmm. You know, you listen along, you listen along, and you're pretty sure just about every conversation she starts in a certain way ends in a certain way. So you stop listening after a while. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I think we have the tendency of doing that with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Well, the preacher's making that point again, and I feel it again, and well, he's going to end at the same spot as usual, so, and I tune it out. I think what we need to be doing and cultivating among the community of faith is always being attentive to the Holy Spirit, answering more often mm -hmm. than not, yep. and then the communication continues, because right. the Holy Spirit's right. got our number. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, the unfor unforgivable sin, you know, that, that to me is, is that something that that God? There isn't something that God can't forgive. You know, right. I, th I think about that, and I know it's it, it talks about that in the scriptures. But but to think that God cannot forgive something, and I think it's more a sense of of resisting a continual, constant, lifelong resisting. Um, God is not going to jump in and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to change this person. That's not going to happen. Right. Right. And I, so that's, that's what I think about that, yeah. that, uh, that verse. Of. I heard someone say something about, like, it, when the, the way the Bible talks about it, you know, denying the Holy Spirit or quenching it or something, it's, I mean, the Holy Spirit is here to 
help change us, to help speak us, to guide us. Is that counselor? Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Transform. So, John 14, John 15, counselor, so, heavenly counselor. So they're, what they wanted to inject into that is like, it's that God wants you to know that he wants you to be open to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you resist that or deny that he wants you to change, that's the part. So yeah. it seems like yeah. it's a long term, mm -hmm. it's a long thing. It's like, no, right. he doesn't ever, right. he wants me to, I'm just perfect the way I am, kind of a thing. We are out of time. We are out of time? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us for this special event. Um, we will see you next week. All right. Thank you.